Okay, hello, hello, everybody. How are you guys doing? P here is just fine. Now, can I hear you? Hello, hello. Oh, okay, you're here. Hello. Got it. <laughs> okay. Yes, I hear you. All right, let me see if there's any comments. Okay, cool beans. Um, awesome. Let's see. I don't have a docket. I'm usually way more prepared than I am. That's okay. But. I, I, so I got my um, vaccine on my second dose on Wednesday and it's like kicking my ass. Like I am so tired. Oh, I was going to say like, how are you feeling? Well, I'm just tired. Like I was expecting to get, you know, the fevers and like a minor flu or, or whatnot, but fatigue yeah. out of it. Yeah. But man, dude, yesterday I was like, I'm not doing anything aside just laying here and drinking a ton of water. But um, I think today I'm still feeling some residual like um, exhaustion, but I'm glad I just got it out of the way. Um, so, so yeah, so at least I'm not, I mean, like we were worried for a little bit there about me getting vaccinated because we had to choose between um, Pfizer, Moderna, Moderna, mm -hmm. and then um, the Johnson Johnson one, of course. And um, the the Moderna one was the one that like uh, my docs were a little bit concerned about. Um, so so yeah, I mean, I was kind of like waiting for something bad to happen, but luckily nothing did. So I'm okay. It's just ugh, the exhaustion sucks, and I've never felt this kind of exhaustion from a vaccine before. So so anyways, um, we are on our is it eighth installment or seven i've lost count no it's not seven we're at seven okay no I'm just it's, go past, with seven. it's past it no it's not it's like eight or nine eight. okay i think it's eight, eight. yeah okay. Okay. yeah we're on our eighth installment of uh crafty mess here and today we are going to be talking about the david dobrik stuff before we dive into that mel what are you working on as far as your craft today Oh, so I had like, you know, from the last time I made coasters for Tony. Well, I have a lot of these macrame cords and I was thinking like, what should I do with this? And then he was like, well, he actually needs a trivet. So I'm making this like star pattern trivet. Oh, how um, cute. Yeah, hopefully it'll come out right. But right now I'm trying to, because I'm using a two millimeter cord and the video says to use a three millimeter. So I have to like improvise and add more stars or triangles to this um, to make it a little mm -hmm. bit bigger. But yeah, oh, we're just gonna roll with it. <laughs> um, he's what okay you, with what about yellow? You? Like it's not his favorite color? Sorry. It's not his favorite color, but he was thinking that the way it looks like, it will just look like um, his son. Oh, okay. Well, at least he's open-minded about it. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to finish up that gift that I'm working on for my friend and their little babies there. Um, yeah. I'm almost done. I just gotta make little tiny um, pom-poms for it and stick it on and then I can finally package it and send it off to her <gasps> with some Easter stuff. You're almost so done. It looks so, so close. Too. Yeah, so it's taking a while. I think it's cause I keep hopping back and forth between the project. So, so maybe yeah, that's why well, it's taking so long. I mean, same thing with my sister's um, baby blanket. <laughs> like I still yeah. have to finish knitting it and just like kind of hopping between projects. Yeah, I think like one of the, the thing that I've learned is that like if I force myself to finish something, I'm gonna do it like, I'm gonna make more mistakes. So I might as well just take breaks and then work on yeah, something yeah, else yeah. before, you know? Totally. Um, 
Because if you're just like, oh, I want to get this over with, you're just going to make more mistakes and it's going to be more frustrating and it's just not going to turn out the way you want. So I might hear as well you, just, just take your time with it. And, oh, and my allergies are kicking in right now, too. So if I sneeze, um, yeah, no, it's a whole lot of kind mess. Of tickling. Yeah, oh, just, I don't know. Spring is kicking my butt. Uh, we will see. I think it's just all the vaccination that's kind of like, dragon anyways so before we start um the disclaimer is these are opinions not facts just watching everything unfold um i am going to refer to a couple of other uh youtubers that i've watched and seen make commentary on this so we're just gonna kind of like touch the top of it like not really dive into the full full story because there's a lot um so definitely check out some of the links down below um and i i will link like you know some of the other extra stuff so you can watch those too but we're just going to be sharing like some of our opinions on it and mel what do you have to add to that so everything that we say here is definitely just opinion so please do not harass um people that we talk, we're talking about in here if you have any comments feel free to comment below this video and we'll we will get to it um you know, because it's just we don't tolerate any harassment or bullying on this channel. Nope, nope, nope. Not None fun. whatsoever. Uh, won't put up with it. We've been bullied before. And yeah. we're, we're fine. <laughs> we're fine with that <laughs> out of our lives. Um, okay, so let's go on the, uh, the David Dobrik stuff. I just briefed Mel really quickly about it. And I think I, I don't want to go so far back as to, like, Trisha's... Um, hand in exposing the story i think i just want to start with the vlog squad and the, the main characters dirty dom david dobrik and then the three girls that were uh, in that situation so um basically just a generalized a, a quick synopsis is David Dobrik is a vlogger and he came from Vine and um, he wanted to do a vlog where he was going to get um, he was going to get one of his friends, Dirty Dom. <laughs> the fact I can't say Dirty Dom without like <laughs> cringing. <laughs> yeah, and like who came D up with that? Yeah, and it's spelled D-U-R-T-E. So it's like... Ah like dirt mm. dumb so when i read it but i can't say his name without like <laughs> yeah um, so basically david was trying to set up um for dirty dog <laughs> to get a five sum and i think i can't remember if it was david or if it was dirty dom who posted this on their instagram and basically was saying hey we're trying to film a vlog um if any of you girls want to come over or anyone interested in the area want to come over and hang out, I'm going to try to get this five some happening. And I think that was like in the Instagram uh, post that was mentioned. I'm not sure verbatim like what it said, but it was kind of like general, something like that. Um, so these three girls uh, showed up and let's call them. Um, so the insider article um, named them as um, Hannah and Sarah. And then there's a third girl too, but she wasn't mentioned as much. So that's not their real names, um, but we're going to go with Hannah and Sarah here. So th the three girls showed up. Um, they were around age 20. Maybe one was 21. I'm not clear on that, but I know that um, a big contingency was um, a big problem was that they they were under like they were underage drinking 
Um, yeah. So three of them showed up and basically they're just like, haha, we just, you know, responded to the post because we wanted to come and hang out with you guys. You know, we're huge fans of David um, and just, you know, just to hang out and party and to chill and, and you know, to have like a 20 something year old experience. Right. And mm-hmm. so um, and they're like, no, we're, we're not really interested in the, the whole five some situation and they're just there to hang out so then david had someone from the vlog squad go out and get some alcohol um in the vlog it sounded like they used alcohol to um to get the girls you know compliant enough to be a part of this the um the bit so- um, so many yeah, because, like, like, crimes are being committed right now. I just feel like, what the heck? Yeah, so basically how it did, look, like, the vlog was he, he cut over to a voiceover and he's just like, with a little bit of alcohol, we were able to get the girls to do, you know, to do the bit. And then he cuts back to the vlog and basically it was, you know, Dirty Dom was in the room with Hannah and uh, another girl. Sarah was the one that was sitting outside and was just like, all right, I'm just gonna sit out here and just chill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Hannah and her other friend were in the room with Dirty Dom and I guess like it was insinuated that there's some um, activities and stuff. By the way, trigger warning, <laughs> we are gonna be talking about sexual assault. So if this is something that you're not comfortable with, um, you know, again, you know, we're big on protecting your emotional well-being and your mental health. So definitely um, come back for another episode. So just want to throw that out there. Um, but yeah, so so they were in the room. And I guess when Hannah and her other friend came out of the room, Hannah was just very in- intoxicated. Um, she Her body was kind of limp and um, her friends had to like carry her out. <laughs> And it was just insinuated that like Dom had some kind of interaction with both of those girls. Now the insider article did talk more about those actions and um, and those allegations. So you guys definitely should probably read through the article or, or maybe just like um, I saw the H3 podcast, they kind of read through it too. Um, but they went a, into a little bit more detail uh, on that part, which I, I don't, we don't even have to get into that part to even know that okay morally this is wrong and like on a legal uh on the legal side it's also wrong so i just yeah like what the heck yeah how did they think that this was would be okay how is it even a vlog to be honest like no idea Okay, so if I had to think about it in in two ways, like, okay, the first one is that let's say all of this was fake, right? Why mm. would this be okay for it to be faked and to be put into the world like that? Because when you're talking about vlogs, um, I know not a lot of things in vlogs are real. Some things are manufactured, but, you know, not everyone knows that when they're watching vlogs because there's a lot of it is very real and and stuff and, and and another half of it is also manufactured um and and scripted maybe so it's almost like reality tv so it's like there's some truths in there and some you know some producer magic and stuff 
So, um, but, but to fake that and then to put it on YouTube where kids who are probably watching because a majority of David Dobrik's, you know, followers are younger audiences. So I'm pretty sure they're watching this and they're high-fiving each other like, oh, bro, like this is like a locker room talk kind of like fraternity situation. Um, oh, God. So, so, so if you're to fake something like that and put on YouTube, that's not okay. Um, mm -hmm. Now, if this is real and it really all happened, that's definitely not okay. So like in either situation, I don't see in any in any way or or script or role or position like I would ever think any of it would would fly you know um but we're also we're also coming from so David Dobrik is also coming from the same um generation as Jake Paul Logan Paul Tana Mojo um who else a little bit of like in the James Charles um Jeffree Star like generation, like I feel like that era of 2015 YouTubers and vloggers were like kind of like the 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 group of I guess problematic content creators, and and now it's what 2021, so six years later, which I think is a pretty as far as YouTube career rise, I think that's pretty normal, like for someone to to grow within five years and to fall within five to six years as well. I, I, yeah, no, I we, think like if I'm looking at all the YouTubers today, like, you know, a pattern. They, yeah, there is a pattern. Um, and, and it goes to show that like you, you do on YouTube, you can really get that 15 minutes of fame and then just go away or get canceled or, or, or whatnot. Um, with David, though, he did make a second apology. The first one was really, really bad. Um, when I watched it, it just, it, the first one was not like genuine at all. It was more like, I am sorry that you feel this way. I am sorry that. That's not an apology. Came. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, that's what it, it felt like. The second one was a little bit more heartfelt. And I definitely think, um, I don't know if he feel that bad or he feels bad because um he's losing a lot of sponsorship and a lot of money from it mm -hmm. um so if we go back to all of the things when it comes to like sexual assault and things like that um this happened in 2017 18 um, so the girls didn't go come out then. And I can understand why, because if you're someone that's anonymous and, you know, you kind of like, um, answered an ad to go hang out with some of your favorite celebrities and all of a sudden something horribly happens, like, and if you come out, it's, it's another, um, one of those, I'm a fan and I'm going against a celebrity and, and I might not, I might get a lot of backlash for it, you know? So I can understand why it took the girls so long to not, um, what's the word, to not come out. Um, but it's also really sad that it took all the sponsors to like remove themselves from David for David to make a sincere apology, you know? Well, obviously it's because he's hurting. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. That's, that's why he's not addressing until now.
Yeah, clearly. So it's hard for me to think, okay, is this a sincere apology or not? You know, it's but not. again, you know, again, no, it's, nobody changes overnight like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's not for me to accept or not, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's not for us to be like, okay, we take your apology. It, it's up for the girls and stuff. So, um, so there's that. But I, I mean, if you think of like traditional media, um, like if you, you worked in traditional um, entertainment, if if like an actor or someone did something horrible, then you know Warner Brothers or Disney or Pixar can drop them, and then they go away for a little bit, and then they might come back, right? Um, with YouTube, you don't necessarily have um, someone or like a network to hold you accountable. I mean, YouTube is not going to hold these people accountable, right? It, yeah, um, so it doesn't care. Yes, um, the people that could technically hold them accountable would be their fans Hours. and viewers but mm -hmm. yeah but but again i mean there could be 30 percent of us who are enraged but still 70 percent of their their followers are like i really don't care about the drama i'm just here for the content so that doesn't really do anything the only people that can really truly hold youtubers accountable would be the sponsors you know mm -hmm. um and and it will but it will take a lot for a sponsor to be like, okay, we no longer want to affiliate with this YouTuber. And I think what happened was like Insider um, decided to hit up every single one of David's um, sponsorship and was just like, what are you guys gonna do about this? Um, are you guys still going to be backing him? And I think because they're being called out, they're just like, all right, this is bad press for us. And so they, you know, they are removing themselves from David. So I'm not saying that like the sponsorships are like, the sponsors are, you know, are clean of all of this as well. Cause at the end of the day, like this is one big money making machine. Um, David is no less just a brand uh, at this point. And, and, and again, it just comes down to money, right? So, so I literally just finished the, um, the Woody Allen documentary mm -hmm. on HBO max and, um, and you know, you think about like all these people who are in power with money, with influence, who can persuade the media a certain way or the um, the legal system a certain way. Um, it, it it just goes to show that like again, once again, it's even it's a reminder that like it's even that harder to come out and talk about these things when you already know that one people might not believe you and two you will probably get way more hurt from it like legally and financially and also emotionally as well you know so people just go and not talk about it at all and that's the reason why i think these girls probably just didn't say anything afterwards um because it's almost like three or four years since the incident and um well and now they're finally coming go ahead it's the same it's the same thing like um how how like they joined in being a, like not a lot of people know them but they know of david dobrik and all the other people so uh, obviously they feel probably intimidated and don't mm -hmm. and not coming out it's that sort of thing um it's just not this is like with that harvey is it is that his name harvey weinstein whatever it's the same weinstein yeah, it's the same yeah it's the same thing where it's like you know people feel as if they have to give up something in order to succeed or be part of uh the attention yeah and, um yeah 
and it's unfortunate because then it, it goes to victim blaming, right? Yes. Why, why did you put yourself in a position to so and so? For me, though, like I have always been, I have been in these situations where I felt like, all right, getting a little bit skeevy here. Gonna check out by nine p.m. Deuces. See you tomorrow. Right. See ya. But, yeah, but that's because. I honestly don't even know where I got that from, but I just think that like, you know, I, I did it. And, but let's say I did not And let's say something happened. Like, mm. is it, it's not my fault, regardless if I stayed or if I left or whatever, mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it's unfortunate that like, because someone choose to like hang out somewhere and feel like, Oh, they can hang out and, mm -hmm. and stuff, but not, you know, um, peer pressure it, is very real. And it's just oh. one of those where it's like you have to. Oh, I don't even know where they can learn that from, um, but it, um, it's just something that they have to learn to say no, you know, and that's and be accepted for that, respected for that too. Well, here's the thing: you and I um, deal with this a lot. Mm -hmm. We don't drink, mm -hmm. right? Which and is a great thing because, <laughs> man, the amount of problems people get into just based on drinking alone yeah we don't drink and it's mm -hmm. you know i don't like it just because i i, again, I don't like the taste of it a. yeah i i'm type a and losing control freaks me out right mm -hmm. so um so that's why you and i we don't drink but the amount of times where we've been at events and people are like oh just have a glass of wine oh just have a glass of champagne oh here's just a shot here's some like just the constant pushing of alcohol on us even though it's it's not even anything um that is like a, a malice gesture it's just people want you to have a good time and hang out and and it's, it's just but who's to say that you fun. who's to say that you need to drink in order to have fun i've never had to drink in order to like let loose you know like i can totally get on stage and sing karaoke without having a drink exactly we don't technically need the liquid courage right no. like um but but you know it's all those all those instances where we've been in these situations where people are always like, Hey, have a glass of wine, come join us, come cheers with us. Like, why can't we just do it with like Sprite, you know, like it's such a, totally. it's such a big problem. I feel like it socially that you have to have a good reason as to why you don't drink, which mm -hmm. is no one's business. Like, I don't have to explain to you why I, I don't want to consume this beverage. Like, mm -hmm. and, and the amount of times I have to think about, every single time I have to explain that to someone, it is not only is it infuriating, but then it makes me like the outcast. Like what is wrong also, with her? Why uh, is she yes. being weird? Like why? how come she's being a party pooper? I'm not a party pooper. I'm totally fun without the alcohol. Totally. You know? But like, why, why do we get shamed for not drinking? Like yeah. part of the other to fit in? Like, I don't understand why alcohol is part of the social thing to do. In order to but have you do fun. feel, but you do feel that shame, like that, that yeah, pressure, right? And it's so annoying. There's even there's even this guy that I was uh, seeing for just very briefly, but he, he part of um our his reason for not seeing this relationship long term was that I don't drink and I don't like sports. <laughs> and what I say is like, okay, see ya, don't waste my time. I mean the poor sports thing, whatever. I can understand the hobby thing that you guys want to get, but the the drinking thing, like that was probably like one of my biggest, most annoying 
experiences as an adult and even going through college is just like I don't like to drink like stop pushing it on me stop mm-hmm. telling me that's fun stop trying to tell me that uh, I need to loosen up stop saying yep. that I'm being a party pooper stop telling me that tastes good stop telling me that oh it's not that strong oh that one I heard quite a lot it's not that strong yep I'm like who cares oh yeah all- if it's not that strong okay if you want me to drink here take Take this spicy <laughs> ghost pepper wings. Yeah, you exactly. eat that. And you tell me if you can take it. It's not that strong. It's not that spicy. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's like it's so it's so annoying. Like if someone says no, may mm-hmm. it be um, a sexual act? May it be consuming some kind of um, drink? Like if they say no, just stop pushing it. Like literally, yeah. it's so annoying. And I and and I get it. And the the no, most annoying thing is that when it comes to alcohol, I get it the most from men, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. it, it's always Huge. from a dude um, offering me a drink, and and it's like I don't need to drink this to have fun. Yep. With that said, even if I did, and even if I just felt like completely just strung out somewhere, it does not give anyone a right to my autonomy, right? Like my body. Um, so I, I don't, I don't want to victim blame. But it's unfortunate that we do have to be cognizant of our environment. So you know, that means I you, you know, what what I heard recently on TikTok, um, hmm. from this Japanese person, she said that in Japan, um, uh, it really kind of boils my blood because they there is no con- there is no such thing as consent in Japan. Huh. If a girl says no, it means yes. It's like the total opposite, and like that's yeah. It's just misogyn, very very misogynistic over there, which I can see. But then it makes me really sad because Japan is such a beautiful country, yeah. but oh, like ruled by patriarchal, you know, themes is. Yeah, like it's the amount of things that I heard from there. Like they literally don't have any. I don't think that they have any like rape kids or whatever. They don't have any other stuff. It's just it's all about not laying any blame on the women. It's like you know, like I mean, not laying any blame on the men. It's like you know, the women has to be there to please the men. Like what the heck? What it's the same thing as like you know when. What was it like in school? We weren't allowed to wear two tops or spaghetti right. straps because it's distracting not, uh, yes. boys. Or like, and I'm like, well, I'm sorry that I'm my shoulders distract you, <laughs> my <Like>, ankles. <laughs> yeah, like I'm sorry what, that. Where um, are we? Yeah, like I'm sorry that I have to cover myself up because you can't do calculus. You know, like why? Why is that my responsibility? It is you know? not. It, it's not exactly. And and again, you know, we're talking about that patriarchy that that <laughs> that is very apparent at times. And and you know, same with the whole. Um, well, she asked for it because she was wearing a short skirt or because she was inebriated. Oh and she's just like like it's. It's not, yes, we, like, for me, I have always known that, like, okay, bad things can happen if I am not in control of myself, my consciousness, and um, 
and the way I conduct myself in public, right? Mm-hmm. Or or whoever I'm around. Like I know that. It sucks that I have to be on guard. Like I would love to let loose and have fun and, mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. Too. Of course not have I to do. worry about not having to yeah. worry about like protecting your drink, even though luckily I don't drink at these parties. Um, but there was this, I don't know this representative from where it might be like, it might actually be like, uh, international, but she had mentioned something about actually having a curfew for men that they can't go out past six, oh, gosh. you know, and I actually kind of enjoyed that. But then there are That's obviously some men in the, um, in the comment section saying like, well, we want to hang out with the bros. So we should be allowed to, <laughs> to be out past six. No, yeah, when you, you get in your basement, yeah, when you get inebriated, <laughs> you make the wrong, like the worst decision ever. So no, you're not allowed to go out. I I can't. I, I think that's a little extreme for my <laughs> case there. <laughs> so, you know, I think that that's kind of a slippery slope. But I I think that that would be kind of like a an interesting like uh, was it like a movie arc yeah <laughs> you know that would be really interesting because i think i saw hey, one where like there was but, a world without men or something and it was just yeah, a bunch true. of women raising children and it was interesting um when there was like there was one guy in the in the movie and all the girls were like oh, oh man just like super um interested. but it's, it's i, I want to say that it's yes it sounds extreme right now but i do want to see if we could put that to a test Oh yeah, let's chase oh, like totally. a 30, 30 day test and see if crimes go down. <laughs> women like crimes against women go down because you know I doubt it. I doubt it. Even with like COVID, like just being locked down for two weeks, like people could not, mm. you know, could not even do that. I can't imagine if we just only like limited to just men. Like I, I think it would just be <laughs> a completely a, a full no because riot. men don't want to be told what to do anyway so oh, of course of course of course same with women yeah. i mean we are we're not saying not all men by the way um there's a hashtag but <laughs> there's a hashtag not all men right um i do know that mine i sometimes would have to like be like yo He's a little misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, you know, letting you know you can't just assume this. And so, yeah. And sometimes, like, um, he he would try to um, rebuttal, but I'm like, okay, great, great. Yeah, you stand on that stance, whatever. But think about it. What if you were dating some? Uh, what if your daughter was dating someone, and that was the response that they they gave her? And he's like oh oh no that's not okay (laughs) like you know so so it's like situations like that i think sometimes um it's it's hard to understand until you you have a daughter or um you know a sister or or whatnot but no um uh, you you think but there are plenty of mm, chauvinistic male who have daughters and who still act very chauvinistic so um i don't know i don't it's it's a mindset and i think it's more about like their upbringing how it's really about how you if you if you have um the upbringing of respecting women from the start if you didn't then no i don't think it's i don't think they would change yeah um i mean like even culturally for us like um you know, just in like Asia, as an Asian American, like, or, or Vietnamese in for me, especially, you know, it's very patriarchal, you know, um, 
it's it's very much like you know the men control the money they can do what they want and you know wives are pretty much property i mean it's definitely different now but um but you know that's kind of like the mentality that that was hanging around for a while i mean i'm lucky that my dad was so like modern and chill where he was just like no they're both equals you know um but like you know in other instances with my friends and stuff i i do see that the parents are very you know more controlling of the daughter and how they present themselves and you know the whole boys will be boys mentality and and things like that like you know for in my community like when a girl goes out and and you know have a drink with some of her buddies or whatever then she's kind of like oh my goodness she's going out and doing this this wild crazy lifestyle but like if the son goes out and does that it's like oh he's just drinking with the boys you know like mm -hmm. it's it's very double standard ish and um i'm glad that a lot of it is changing even in vietnam where um with my cousins and stuff, but it's still taking a lot longer. And I know that we're still working it on it here in the US. But again, you know, because for so long, we're seen as property as second class citizens. Um, it's going to take a lot more time for us to to get to that place of equality, which Unfortunately, I think it means that we're going to need more men who are going to be our allies. Um, and we're also going to have to teach our daughters to like, you know, speak up more and not feel like they have to be submissive or docile or, or that they're mean because they're not being nice, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. My mom gendered everything. My mom was super <clears throat> controlling of the girls. Because she grew up in a very traditional where women have to listen to the men. Like, yeah. it's just, I was very controlled when I was, um, my, when I was younger and I wasn't, al I wasn't allowed to go to sleepovers. I, you know, a lot of what I've learned culturally was uh, learned in college where I moved away from home and I learned unfortunately I got made fun of by my so-called friends because I didn't know a lot of the stuff um and I kept saying like oh well what's this and what's this and they kept thinking that I'm either just I don't know stupid or whatever but like I don't know how to act you know like I didn't know how to act back then and um so yeah like we it was just is a culture of being overprotected and yeah. and I wonder maybe maybe they just know where i know yeah, we're getting like, here <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like i wonder if it's because they see so many like men who can't behave who don't know how to behave or actually boys who don't know how to behave in public and they're that protective because they don't want anything to you know hurt their their um daughters that's also another possible well, I, answer I feel like I feel like it's twofold, right? Yeah. Like one, they know that, you know, they, they, the, the culture. So boys will be boys. They're going to act a rampage and you're going to be pretty much fish in a barrel. Mm -hmm. um, and so we don't want you out there and, and pretty much get attacked or, or, or be a victim. Mm -hmm. um, but the second thing is that let's say you do get attacked to be a victim or, um, and then you get raped or you become like, wasted goods or whatever 
then, then, it, then, then it brings shame to the family. Yeah. yeah. Then it brings shame to the family. Yeah. So it's like, it, at the end of the day, it, it narrows down to the girl being the problem here. Mm-hmm. We are a problem for being a chick walking down the street. And then we are the reason why that bad thing happened to us. So it's Let's like, just be us. It, there's no win-win and it, it and it's the same with you know the whole alcohol situation you are not a fun time because you don't want to consume alcohol but then if you consume alcohol and something bad happens to you then it's your fault you know so it's like lose lose and i think um at the end of the day if we raise our girls to be confident in their stance which i think i'm very lucky with my dad in the sense that he was always you know um, treated me like a person and not like a girl. Um, I, I mean, my mom had her, <laughs> she kind of had her, her, her gender thing going on where she, she, you know, when I was in high school and the middle school, the, the first thing I had to learn how to do was go home and how to like cook. And mm-hmm. I, one thing that really stuck to me for a very long time was that, well, if you don't learn how to cook, how are you going to take care of your child, your family? And I think that was the reason why I never wanted to have kids. I was just like, well, then I just won't have kids. You know, that was like my response <laughs> to that, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, you know, and my dad always was like, no, 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 she should go do her homework or no, 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 she should go outside and play. Like, you know, this is, you know, she doesn't need to cook, you know? And so, um, I mean, I, I still, now that I'm older, like I enjoy cooking and stuff. It, and it's a choice that I made for myself. And it wasn't something that was like, you know, b- put onto me that I had to do. So, um, you know, I was lucky in that sense that like my dad treated me like a person which in turn gave me the autonomy to be like, all right, I might look like a loser at this party or feel like a loser because I don't want to drink this alcohol or this beverage, but I don't care because I'm confident (laughs) in my cool factor Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I don't need to drink to prove to you that I'm cool and that I'm a good time or that I'm fun. Cause I could mm-hmm. be all of that without the drink. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think it goes back to like when you raise children, um, especially little girls, we have to stop nitpicking them, um, making them feel like every little thing has to be perfect, but also give them the confidence to be able to say no and to be comfortable with themselves yeah. to say no. Um, and that they're just not something to sit there and, and have to be nice and comply with, you know? Um, and and especially this YouTube industry, I think um, one of the highest um, jobs that kids today, um, I think it, it was like a, like a census that they did where they ask a bunch of kids what they wanted to do when they grow up. And they're like, Oh, I want it to be, I want to be a YouTuber, which is like no less saying I want to be famous. Right. Like, Okay, you want to be famous, but what do you want to be famous in? Like, as a mm-hmm. singer, a model, an actor, um, an artist, right? So, so you know, sometimes I have some friends, like, they have children. They're just like, hey, can you help, you know, my kid, like, with the YouTube thing and the Instagram and stuff? And I'm like, sure. And, like, I would talk to them, like, so what do you want to do? And they're like, well, I just want to be, you know, um, I just want to get a lot of views and subscribers. I'm like, okay, great. But how are you going to do that? Are you, do you have a personality? <laughs> can you craft? Can you draw? Like, what do you think that you can put out into the world that people are going to want to subscribe, right? Because essentially when you say, I want to be a YouTuber, it's no less than saying, I want to be a celebrity, you know? And, um, and but unfortunately, 
unfortunately, where, with um, people who are doing that at such a young age, they haven't learned to be able to, they're not grounded enough to like, if some, if they do succeed in everything, you know, the same culture will repeat its cycle again. You know what I mean? Like always wanting to, um, to have that, um, the cloud, the attention, the s status, the success, but all of that comes with some sort of baggage. Yeah. And, and it's also like, um, it, it, it will go to their heads, right? Oops, my camera just turned off. Okay. Um, but it, it will get to their heads in the sense that um, they will just see themselves as numbers, like how many likes I get, how many subscribers I get, totally. how many views. And, and that is detrimental to the growth of confidence if you can quantify it that way, you know? Um, because for a while, like it took me a while to like unlearn that likes does not equate to how good my content is. Because I still think mm -hmm. whatever I make is good, and it just it doesn't mean that because there's you know two three thousand likes means that it's more it's better than the last post that I did or or less um, good um, in comparison to the last post. So it takes a while for me as an adult to have to unlearn that. So I can't imagine growing up. Um, being ingrained to believe that the number of likes and followers and comments will equate to your worth, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and especially in Asian culture, your worth is very much valued on your degree and also your money. Um, so, so you, so unlearning that too was like a whole, a whole journey in itself. Um, see, Tram, Tram said, did your mom try to train you to be a housewife because my mom was crazy about that. Oh yeah. Well, okay. I I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was like a full you know um, training like thing, but I was always in the kitchen um, helping my mom, and I I don't know I and also probably because I'm the oldest, so I would help my mom quite a bit um, learning how to cook and all that stuff. Um, and everything and all the other like mechanics or repairs and everything or, like the boys do. So there is definitely a very gender specific um, thing in our family. I don't know about you, KL. Um, I, I mean, I said a little bit about how like my mom wanted me to, you know, cook and things like that. Right. She wasn't like crazy about it, but there's always an undertone that I'm a girl and I have these extra responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that like undertone, but it, it always got nipped in the bud, um, with my dad, you know, and even just like my rebellious personality. Um, but there, there was like undertones of like, I'm going to be the one doing the child rearing and the one cleaning, um, and all that. And from a very early age, I was always like, well, I'm not going to have kids. So then I don't have to cook for them or take care of them. And uh, I would just hire someone to help me clean my home. <laughs> so, so like, it, it was like that mindset that I had very early on, but like the undertone was always there. And there are times when, you know, in like group settings, like New Year's or something, I oh, like, you know, my mom would be with always, I think she would joke about it, but still it, it's another like, you know, that like behavior that made me feel like, okay, um, I can't cook a pot of rice. Like, you know, 
in, in a group setting where a bunch of like the moms would get together and be like, oh, well, you know, kids these days, girls these days, their generations, they can't even wipe down the counter. Like, you know, they were having that kind of like female banter. Um, and so I would hear that and it's just like, well, I guess that sucks, but. <sighs> I remember, um, I remember growing up too that my mom would constantly pit me against my cousin. Like my cousin was like the very, you know, epitome of a good Asian girl um, that she like, you know, helps the mom, she like cleans, she cooks and all that stuff. And it's like, why can't you be like her? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I definitely felt that growing up. And then even when I was like, when my marriage um, failed, she thought that was because I didn't cook and clean for him. You know, like, what the heck is this society? Or when I bought my first home, oh, why didn't you wait until you, you're remarried again and then let the husband, you know, buy your home? You know what I mean? Like, oh. it was that same, like, literally, I had her come visit, my like, uh, my mom and my dad come visit and everything. And the same thing I heard is like, why'd you waste your money? You should, like, just wait until you get remarried and, and get your own home and get then get home together. She was very traditional. And unfortunately, oh. and I'm, I'm glad that I really, um, I didn't listen to her in that sense because that was the same mentality that kind of like screwed my mind thinking that I had I had to have a man in my life in order to build a home for myself and mm -hmm. that's just something that um I had to break out break myself out of that pattern and say mm -hmm. like hey I can still build a future for myself I can still build a home because like when I when my marriage failed everything my future in my mind like crumbled as well because I kept thinking like oh my gosh I can't survive on my own you know what I mean like this is the type of mentality that was like in unconsciously you know drilled in at a young age which I'm so glad that I was able, able to break out and actually realize that yes I can actually go and build you know save and build you know, um, buy a small, small home, um, and build it to the way I want it to be. Yeah. So unfortunately it was like drilled at a very unconscious, like at a conscious state. Um, and I luckily was able to like break out of that and be able to say, Hey, I can build my future on my own. And if any lucky person comes into my life, you know, they can compliment it, but they do not take, they are not like the sole, you know, provider because i know i can provide that for myself you know it's also like interesting how when you think about like when men um have a lot of money and let's say someone marries them it's like oh well you better get a prenup or she's gonna take half of it and blah 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 but then like let's say a woman has a lot of money and she wants a prenup with a man then it's like well, why is she protecting her assets like that? That is such a, a it should be move. Shared. Like, have you heard, like, I've, I've heard that many times, like, mm -hmm. you know, cause like I, I brought it up, like my home, like I very much want to um, protect my home and my assets with, you know, with Papa Bear. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, like it, it has been a conversation like, well, why don't you trust him and things like that? I'm like, no, 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 this is nothing about trust. It's literally money here. Right. But then like, if you flip it around, then it's, it, it's, it, yep. It's like women are emotional and we can't handle things in a logistic, pragmatic, fashion but then when we do then it's like oh we're the the 
the the bitch, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And but it really it's it comes down to protecting our assets, and there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. being a an established woman, and you know having someone fortunate enough to walk into your life and cohabitate and and mesh that together you know okay so i asked bit tram about her experience um as uh, with her mom and being like the you know the housewife and in, in yep. she said my mom forced me to basically do all the housework at like five. Oh, yeah i was basically a second mom at a young age and my mom burned me out and she would belittle me and nitpick me all the time this is the culture back then like i what, what on our live last uh, this past week, this week, um, I had mentioned that I changed my first diaper at age nine. Like, who does that? Like, kids have to <laughs> be able to allow to be to have fun to go and play and everything. But yeah, like I, you know, um, my sister and I at a young age had to take care of our little brother and sister who were like nine and twelve years apart. That is that is just the tradition. Oh well, here she also added in. Um, I should all and she would also come at me about how I dress, wore baggy clothes, and she would tell me I wasn't pretty enough to marry someone with money or smart enough to go to school and make <sighs> money because I wanted to be an artist. Which reading that makes me so sad because it yeah me, it hits a little close to home. Yeah. Um, the baggy clothing thing, I think it's interesting because the baggy clothing thing, bitch, bit tram. I okay, so. Were you a 90s kid? Because I remember in the 90s, you know, TLC was like very big. And so I was very into the baggy clothing as well. That was just like um, a part of like my fashion. And so I did wear baggy clothes. Okay, cool, cool. 90s <laughs> <laughs> Um Okay, so yeah, like, you know, I was really into TLC. And uh, I always saw that they wore baggy like pants and oh, mm-hmm. Aaliyah, she had the baggy pants as well. And so I, I like loved Okay, the gothic baggy stuff too. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we're like on the same <laughs> on the same part here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, and my mom would used to say the same thing too, and I would always buy like in the boys section to wear that kind of clothing. And I remember one time uh, my mom made a comment about the baggy clothes and she said that like, you have such a cute figure, why don't you wear a dress? And my dad was just like, she looks totally cool in those baggy pants. And he just said it like, just so nonchalant. He's like, she looks awesome, she looks cool. Like what's wrong with it? And I think that helped me a lot because for a minute I almost walked back into the house and changed and like I don't want to put any like you know like I definitely don't want to make my mom into like a villain it's just like culturally that's how she was raised you know and so I tried to like think back on that and um forgive her in that sense right but but at the same time you know like now I know better and I'm going to do better with my my own child um, and then Jen here said, I remember when my ex and I got a baby kitten and my mom saw that my ex was taking more care of the baby kitten and basically told me how much of a failure as a female I am. Oh my God. I'm obviously not going to be a good child caregiver in the future. And that was blood boiling. Oh God. <laughs> this is just like, um, oh gosh, this is hard to read. Not, um, my mom made me feel like it would be the only guy that will ever be with me because I'm not girly enough. 
Oh my gosh! <laughs> sorry, that is not true. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, there's no such thing as being girly enough or mm. manly enough or <sighs> gender is such like um. It's such a spectrum, and it's so like bendable and moldable. Like, um, in our home, like I'm the one that's like building shelves and like woodworking and and things which like that. Which I want to learn. <laughs> yeah, and Papa is the one that's doing like the Excel spreadsheets and you know planning like the the vacations and things like that. Like you, that is a very you know non-conforming gender role role wise you know but then there's other things where i i can anticipate like what grudy needs right away so it's mm. very like maternal or considered feminine and papa is kind of like like can't expect it at all so it's it, it's it's very moldable and flexible and you're not one thing like you're not all feminine all the time you're not all masculine all the time like you're just constantly changing and i will have to say that the baggy pants tripping all day is hilarious because <laughs> that was such a struggle i've actually never got onto that trend i've never actually liked the baggy baggy pants trend i've always actually just been you know a girly girl um maybe thankfully my mom thinks that that's great but <laughs> but in a oh, your mom would hate me <laughs> i know right yeah, I, you don't know 90s struggle until you like have the baggy pants and you're tripping on it. And it was like, every time it rained, you like <laughs> have like wet, wet mm. pants. Yeah, um, no, I've never, I've never had that. It's funny, cause like between Mel and I, Mel is definitely a little bit more girly than I am. Totally. Um, but even though we like girly, th both like girly things like makeup and hair and fashion mm. and stuff, like we still have, are different things like she's a much better baker and cook than i am and no. i will ever be oh no 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 like don't even try <laughs> no don't even try to like yeah no no she's <laughs> no she's definitely a little bit better like she can plate things really well um and then i guess like for me i i i can i can hang the tv up <laughs> you know and i, I like that the, yeah i can change the tire like things like that right like yeah, so that's great. we're very different but we're still have like girly things that we like like yeah guess, totally crafting, right yep um okay so jen i'm i'm so sorry about the kitty thing like it, that should not be a a beacon as to what being a, no. a, a woman is you know as far as yeah. caring for something you can care for something without being a woman you can, i mean no if papa don't, didn't care for grudy i would have a huge problem don't ever ever let others dictate who you are because the thing is is like i for even my last toxic relationship he pretty much said that oh like if you can't even fix the problems as in this relationship how are you how do you think that you're going to do better in the next one so it's like these type of words make you feel helpless and make you feel like that you don't have control of your actions and you very well do you have your own um likes dislikes and and you're you know you can totally have opinions and be able to do things that you want to do so if I didn't like, if I didn't not listen to my, like, I have respect my mom and everything, but there are just some things that I did not grow up like, uh, believing. And it's just some things that if it's against my, um, my like morals and things like that, like I would not, um, I wouldn't, you know, hold that. Like I, it's just not something that I believe in. You know what I mean? 
and, and and that's okay. Like you can have different beliefs from your your, your family. I, I think you're not your mom's or your parents like right. property. You don't have to think like right. that. You're not an extension of them. You're right. a separate individual, right? And I think in Asian culture, there is a problem with that because children are property. Mm-hmm. Um, and children are huge representations of the family dynamic, which again is also not always true. Um, let's see, Bitch Tram said, by the way, I really didn't think I could be a mom till you shared your journey with Rudy because my ADD and depression. Thanks to you, I have my own 26 Aww. months now. And yeah, my mom basically said when I lost my virginity that I was worthless and it has oh. been a good journey to watch motherhood in different experiences than traditional norms. Oh, wow. Shit. You guys. Oh, I would have cried. I know. Like, this is really. I guess it's hard for me to respond to that. Um, I, I think the first one is thank you. <laughs> um, I try. Um, and then the second one is I'm so sorry that your mom said that to you. Um, and I'm so sorry that you had to experience that at 17 um but i am also i congratulate you for your 26 month old and um you know paving the way that you want to raise Mm -hmm. your family Mm -hmm. and how you want to create your family regardless of whatever experiences you had um I think these experiences, although they are hard, I think if you can reflect on them and realize that it, it is a part of what makes you stronger and wiser and um, just more reflective, um, you don't need to hear your mom to know that you're a great mother because i mm-hmm. still struggle with that um mm-hmm. you know on social media and also in my personal life we're like am i a good mom and and i i constantly hear that little you know questioning if if i'm doing right by my child because everyone's gonna always have an opinion on how you're being a mom pretty sure your mom probably went through the same thing um in that sense too and i just I don't know. Um, with everything that you had on top of raising your child, I, I think like it's a win. But I also know that 26 months, you're, you're in the terrible two stage. So I also send my love out there to you. Hang tight. You will you will get through that part. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, the whole virginity thing is. Um, <sighs> Like, so for me, when I was a teenager, I always had like bigger hips than a couple of other uh, of my like Asian peers. Mm -hmm. And so there's always and so like one time, like my mom and my aunt made a comment that like, if your hips get any bigger, then people are going to think that you're a slut. Which, yeah, literally, like, I was just like, uh... Oh, so then like I was very conscious about my hips. And so oh, I was God. always like the diet and and exercise and stuff because I didn't want people to think that I was a quote unquote slut. Which here here's two things wrong here. First of all, it doesn't matter if Man. I was having sex. 
if it was consensual and you know and, and i was like discovering my own sexuality and i was taking hold of it or whatever like it, it was nobody's business and second of all stop calling girls slots because like the shaming them is not okay and third of all virginity who cares we're monogamous okay we're, i don't it's very rare these days and if, if if someone is able to wait until they can have one partner when they're married for the rest of their lives like i think that's awesome amazing if you can stick to that journey cool and if you can't there's nothing wrong with it either the fact the fact is that you would you not that you should expect it with body shaming. You would think that like people, you know, get body shamed with like strangers who don't know, like, you know, trolls who don't know you and all that stuff. But to get body shaming from your family, like that's just yeah. the worst. And it, you can't, you can't help but take it personally because these are people that, you know, you've known all your life, you trust, you know what I mean? And yeah. like to, to, to hear those type of words coming from supposedly, supposedly like a very loving member is it's very hurtful um and i'm sorry oh, yeah. like we've all you know we've definitely gone through that the only thing i can say is like you know stay strong and like know that that's not that's that's their opinions is not you know it's not the truth it's not your truth yeah yeah and and even so like when it comes to the, the, the whole virginity thing like why do we still have to put it up on this pedestal like it's this like <laughs> amazing thing that a man can have like i just i still don't see uh, the only value that i see in virginity is the fact that it is yours and it is sacred to you it is something mm -hmm. special to you and you get the choice of how you 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 want to expose that part of your life right and i think that's powerful other than that, I don't think there's value in it like that. I don't think that there's like, oh, that's what makes you a woman or that's what makes you a whore or, or, or that's what makes you more more marriageable than is marriageable word <laughs> <laughs> more marriageable than another woman. Like it just like that doesn't equate to me as far as um, I guess equity goes. Mm -hmm. um, but let's see hello jen says it's been a good journey to watch motherhood and different experiences than traditional norms it's taken many years of therapy but i'm over fostering the beliefs that doesn't match my own yeah good, good, good you, job jen. good job yeah. um Ugh, yeah unfortunately hard unfortunately they parents do not know like back then how much upbringing like the proper upbringing can really um not having the proper upbringing and the words can really hurt you growing up you know and unfortunately yeah. a lot of us do take a lot of that baggage with us and mm -hmm. you know so yeah thank thankfully that you're able to separate the difference yeah um and and it goes you know i'm glad that you're in therapy too that, yeah. that it's very helpful because it's, it's good to get a different sounding board right mm, like yeah. um you know even when you grow up you will end up not even knowing that you're gonna create have friends around you that are very similar to the ideals that your parents have instilled into you and so then if you talk to your friends maybe that sounding board is going to be very similar to your parents and stuff and so when you go to therapy it's very unbiased almost it's not coming from your community and um and that can really help kind of give you an idea of like, okay, this is a little, 
a little strange here, which is the reason why I like having therapy because when you're the way that you're raised, sometimes you feel like, okay, I have been taught to feel a certain way, um, handle things a certain way. And I don't know if this is normal or quote unquote, unnormal. And, um, and so just, just having someone else kind of say, well, what do you feel like if it does it feel right to you then you know even if it's traditional then keep moving it along if it's not right then again um change your beliefs or or you know change the way you you view life a little bit but it does take a lot of unlearning mm -hmm. and i think that in itself is like such a heartbreaking and and long process to unlearn something i mean there's the the quote old dogs can't learn new tricks kind of situation, which is very true because it's hard to to like pretty much unpack your whole childhood and, and your culture and your traditions, right? Yeah. So uh, we kind of like just went away from David. <laughs> Oops. But I mean, it, it, it's, it's very apparent that, you know, the, the power dynamic, the feeling like you have to be a part of a peer pressure group, like it all plays into all of this, right? And I don't know, I guess we just kind of like went off. <laughs> well, we're talking, we were talking about like David Dobrik and just how, you know, consent's a huge thing, obviously. And, you know, and as well as like the YouTube culture and, you know, having to feel as if you have to sort of come to a certain, um, you have to like give in to certain action or actions that you're not you're not comfortable with. You know what I mean? So I think it does tie in. Um, it's more about just learning learning how to say no. And a lot yeah. of us grew up back then not knowing how to do that. You know? Yeah. And so, I mean, and I think this is almost in all cultures where women are taught to be nice. Yep. And um. And even like even now when I write emails and stuff, I'm like, oh, I have sent you this this attachment the other day, but it's okay, no rush, you don't have to open it. <laughs> like I would do that with my emails, and then like yeah. I have to like stop myself and be like, can you please refer to the last document? Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> can't do that. I'm like, it's okay, don't take your time. I'll be here all day. I'm free yeah, all day. Right. I have nothing else to do. Just just take the time and read it, please. Like, oh no 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 rush. Like crap like that when it's yeah. like literally i could just say can you please just read that document from last week because yeah my because, god it's been yeah. seven days <laughs> it's like yeah you can do your job too i did mine yeah. so do yours yeah yeah so it's like you know we have to stop telling like you know, little girls to be nice and and stuff i mean it's it, it, it's a little weird of a balance for me right now because Grudy's going through her uh, three major years. So I'm like, mm. hey, you have to be friendly. But like, I'm not trying to tell her that you have to be nice because you're a girl. It's like, no, you have to be nice because you're a human. Yeah. You know? but, and, and I think that's the the distinction there, right? Like you, you can be kind as a human and it does, it's genderless, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's see. It's a good topic that we're on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a good therapist is important. I need yes. years of that before I was ready to be a mom because my mom made me so worthless. Um, definitely once I saw you that I had the courage to try motherhood and it's been beautiful. I do tell my mom and Vid to leave me alone when it comes to parenting because she picks kids up. Um, good for you. Yeah, stand uh, up to your parents. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know what? It's scary. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like as like for me, sometimes when I, I, I try to tell my mom like, hey, you need to... Mm -hmm 
back off. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm shaking inside. Like, oh God, <laughs> I'm gonna get slapped for this. <laughs> yeah, like which bomb did I set right. off? Like, am I getting cut out of the will and mm. and all that stuff? And at the end of the day, it's like I really, I mean, I don't care about the will to be honest. Like yeah. whatever, you know. Um, but like you know, you just yeah, there's that fear that's like so 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 like ingrained into you and i don't even know why like it's not like my mom is gonna beat me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and as far as like the will thing goes like i don't care if there's a will so so i don't know why that fear is there so i'm wondering if like jen and and bitch bitch tram and um and mel do you guys like still have that like no yeah or no, that fear has been long gone only because my mom has grew out of this. She has, she's grown up, you know, gotten older and letting out a lot of the steam. But yeah, growing up that she definitely like was very strict um, and very, uh, I want to say a psycho mom. She was a psycho mom. Like I was, you know, I mean, in that type of culture growing up, like, you know, I was abused and I was like, I was chased around with a butcher knife. Like, you know, those things are supposed to be common, like. But no, it, was, it, it seems so normal, right? Like, yeah, back then it was supposed to be normal, but it's not actually. And so, um, but now, yeah, she and I, like, I've forgiven her for a lot of those things because, she, I mean, she had to grow, she had to raise like five kids, you know what I mean? So yeah. a lot of it is also a learning, um, a learning curve for her too. And um, and now she's, you know, her, she and I have, um, I want to say a good relationship like uh, I call her whenever I I want to like catch up and everything and it's been good so um, it's the culture it's also how they were raised so I'm sure that my my grandma you know even though she looked very very small and like docile back then I'm sure she raised with an iron fist and that's how she learned (laughs) to raise kids so okay my question with the butcher knife thing, like, yeah. is that just normal? Because my grandma. Oh, so- it's whatever. It was ever, whatever handy, you know, a uh, hanger or whatever. She just found, she just happened to have a butcher knife nearby. <laughs> okay. Because my grandma was known as like the brick and brimstone of like her neighborhood because she would walk around with a butcher knife and you do not oh, F no. with her. Yeah. And so like. So, you know, she definitely raised my mom with an iron fist as well. And same thing, the butcher knife situation, like, um, yeah. And so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very lucky that I've never had like physical, um, discipline before. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm also wondering if like, I, I would have to say I was definitely a sociopath of a kid now that I think about it, because I was so good about hiding all of my bad traits from my parents that I never (laughs) pushed to the point that they had to physically abuse me. Not that it's okay. um, But I was so good at hiding all of my endeavors that they Mm. I I never got to the point where they had to like, do that kind of stuff, you know, but I also know that my parents were a little bit more modernized in the sense that like, the whole coloring my hair, um, cutting it a certain way, like they weren't as strict with that kind of stuff. But there were things that I definitely crossed boundaries with, but they never like knew. So I don't think I would know if they would have disciplined me in that way. I do know that my mom has chased me as a kid once with chopsticks. Mm-hmm. And I and I like was able to flee long enough that it scared her that she thought I ran away. And mm-hmm. so when I came back, it was fine. And then one time my dad kind of like, 
swatted at me with like a, a notebook. And, but but here's the thing. That was when I was four and I can't remember why he did it. So it goes to show that physical discipline doesn't work because no. I don't know why he he hit me in the face with that. Yeah. I just knew that he did, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, no, um, physical discipline is very real in Asian culture. And I know a lot of very, um, a lot of my peers who grew up with a lot of issues because of physical discipline. Um, yep. My ex, for example, is his one. And um, it's, it's, I don't know, I, I don't, it's sad. That, it is that that's so normalized right <sighs> okay so let's see my mom backed off a lot once she noticed my changed reactions i told her like if she wants to be negative she won't see me because i will not accept being disrespected as a human which is crazy right like the concept of respecting your child as a as an equal is so far removed like it is not even a conversation um in our culture right like i feel mm -hmm. like it's it's unheard of to see your child as an equal or as a human or as an adult like oh yeah for sure it's, it's so crazy even like i still struggle with my with my mom on that you know like she'll always throw the i'm your mom you can't speak to me that way kind of card but it's like well you can speak to me any sorts of way but i can't tell you what hurts my feelings because my feelings don't matter mm -hmm. so like i get that too so um and I'm sure I, I'm sure plenty I, of like um, kids growing up, maybe like where my, my mom has said that, hey, if I like born you into this world, then I can kill you. <laughs> I mean, that might be a little bit harsh or I mean, but it is it's that's their mentality mentality is like they have such control or ownership towards you. It's like mm -hmm. so weird um, to remember that still to this day. Yeah. And I mean, they will probably follow through. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's see. Um, my mom is such a crazy mom still that my 13 year old sister would rather take her out of my mom's house. Uh, my relationship with my mom is love and hate. You, she always has something mean to say to me, but I have to stand up for to my mom for my kid's sake. And my mom would just use a bamboo stick. You should have seen my mom when she saw my nose ring. Like how in our culture, your mom or dad will ever say sorry when they're they're in the wrong um and then jen said it's always swept under the rug like no sorry just ignore it and pretend it didn't happen right yeah yeah it's just we don't talk about feelings right it's unfortunate yeah. um which i think is probably the reason why a lot of us grow up with um with you know mental health problems it's because we don't talk about it. right and i'm so glad that like so i don't know if you guys hear um heard of this podcast it's by esther perel and it's on spotify and um her podcast is called where do we begin and there's a mm -hmm. couple of episodes where the couples are asian americans and they they talk about like you know their why you know he can't commit fully or how come she is like um you know not comfortable with sex and things like that and it and a lot of it kind of gives you an eye opener to like oh my gosh like this is very similar to my childhood as well and esther as like a therapist she's more of a relationship um sex advice therapist she's the one that i told jamel about um 
Polygamy, the book mm. that she wrote. Okay. Yeah. Um, about how like um what's it called? The oh, I forgot the name of the book. But anyway, so The Ethical Slut? Yeah, the ethical slut, which she was trying to be cheeky about the the word. Yeah. Um yeah, she's the one that wrote that or co-wrote it. I don't know. But anyway, so so that podcast is really good and it's just interesting to see how um you know, like with our generation, divorce, well, our parents' generation, divorce is like a completely non-topic. Like you just don't talk about it. You suffer in the marriage, right? Yeah. And when it came to like Mel and my generation where it's just like, ooh, it happens, but it's kind of like a little on the taboo side, you know, and it's like, is it really the woman's fault? Like, why didn't she try harder kind of situation? Um and then, and then, like you know, I wonder what our kids' um, generation, because I mean, divorce happens so often, and like even now that for me, um, we are planning to get married last year, mm. but now that COVID and everything happened, I'm just like, I'm fine with cohabitating, you know? Like, why do I have to make it into like a legal document, um, you know? If like why do I it's just it's it's a lot and I think it comes from like a a cultural conflict and 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 just like a, a past experience kind of conflict as well so yeah yeah but okay so we are at uh one hour and 30 minutes um I think we can kind of call this conversation put it to rest for a little bit and maybe circle back on like an Instagram live. Yeah. Um, so let's see. And then I think the last one was maybe moms should raise their boys better. I agree. I do think yes. that this generation of boys are a little bit more compassionate. Though. Let's not let's not put boys on a pedestal. It's almost it's like a very Asian thing, where it's like, oh, you have boy in the family. It's you know they're the prince and they can do no wrong. That's where you raise really chauvinistic, very arrogant men in this world. Yeah. Okay, so let's please please raise your boys with you know to be able to respect women. Well, well, the thing is, like, they assume that the boys are going to be the one that brings home the bread for the family and stuff. But, but then that's also assuming that women are too dumb to go yeah. out and work and bring finances home for the family as well. Like, it, right. it's it's very chauvinistic. There's so many things wrong about that. And this whole concept of like, oh, the boys are going to be the one that cares on the family name. Like, who cares? You know, yeah. it's just a name. Like, biologically. Um, technically on a very biological level um none of the children actually carries like like the the mrna which is the the dna that's in the mitochondria mitochondria cell mm. is being passed on only from the mother so technically <laughs> aren't really passing on anything you know thank you you know so it, so we are the one that's actually passing on some kind of like genetic legacy so just throwing that out there yeah so that we all know because you know it's you know uh semen is really not that that high and potent <laughs> um so there's that um but yeah yeah we definitely i think it's gonna get a little bit I, i'm seeing in like gritty generation where like girls and boys in asian american families are being raised very equally so Good. that's starting 
or at least in my cohort, um, that's starting to, to, to be very evident and I'm very happy about that. Um, but again, you know, every now and then you'll still get the peak of like, oh, she's a girl, she shouldn't be whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you kind of just like snip it really quick. But so that's our conversation from David Dobrik <laughs> to Asian American culture and being moms and raising girls, but it all intertwines, you know, mm -hmm. um, I think we raise confident girls to, mm -hmm. to be able to say no and stand our ground and have mm -hmm. autonomy. Then, and and we also raise boys to become passionate and empathetic. Then we don't end up with a bunch of vloggers who think that women are just um, commodities. Yeah, commodities or props to be in the vlog. Such yep. as this. Yep. Going full circle. <laughs> it is a great. We've we've definitely talked touch upon a lot of topics and but i think they're very important topics yeah i think we might have to come back more on this because i think um yeah there's a lot <laughs> yeah um thank you so much you guys for joining and yeah the conversation um we love reading your comments and we do do um instagram lives we're starting to try to do that like midweek just to to catch up and see what's going on in the news and stuff like that um all the topics always like hits a little bit heavier than we expect but we're also like yeah. very <laughs> uh, emotional in a good way um empathetic people mm -hmm. and we've also lived quite a few lives <laughs> so so there's that but thank you guys so much for joining us and uh we will be live again next friday on youtube at the same similar time or is it later i think it's a little bit later right yeah next week is a little bit later just like about an hour i think yeah yeah an hour delay and then um we'll do instagram lives like midweek um but yeah you guys thank you so much for sharing your your experience um I think it's nice. I, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that we all we you guys had to experience that, but it's also nice to read because it kind of makes us all feel like, all right, we're not yeah crazy, we, right? Like this we've is been through thing. that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, you guys, um, I hope you all have a great weekend. And um, what else? Mel. <laughs> mm, make sure you follow us on all of our social channels. We're definitely, you know, like KL said that we're getting a, a little bit more active on Instagram, you know, being uh, going live. But we also have other channels too or um, Twitter handles. So, but yeah, um, I hope you guys enjoy this. And obviously, you know, if there are other topics that you want us to touch upon, feel free to share that and we may, you might be able to see that. Uh, oh, our next our next streaming actually is a mukbang session so it's not going to be craft day and that what was the title that we decided on mukbang and murder <laughs> and true wait true yes no it's mukbang Muk murder but we're going to be eating macarons that's so right mukbang right. murder and macarons <laughs> i know don't you like our themes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm going to try to like brand it all cute but we'll, okay. we'll see so yeah right. stay tuned for that all right guys um we will See you next okay. week and yep. have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. -bye.